Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast. I'm Emma Spence, a Managing Associate in the Product Liability and Regulatory team in our London office and I'm very pleased to be joined on this podcast by our guest speakers Jacob Beddy and Darcy Edwards from Lockton. Today we'll be discussing the insurance cover available to businesses in the healthcare and life sciences sector, the particular risk factors which brokers and insurers take into account when considering insurance cover for those operating in this sector, and the emerging risks on the horizon in this space. So we'll start with a quick introduction from Jacob to explain a little more about Lockton's experience in this area. Over to you, Jacob. Thank you, Emma. So my name is Jacob Betty and we, I lead the healthcare practice here at Lockton. Just a quick insight as to what that actually entails and, and what our expertise is. Lockton's as a business um, is the largest independent insurance broker in the world, looking after around 65,000 clients across 11,000 associates in around 130 territories. In the healthcare space itself, our expertise spans from everything from infinity groups uh, right the way through to, to from GP practitioners, all the way to global health insurers and, and advising hospital groups and multinational pharmaceutical companies. As, as Emma so eloquently puts, the focus of today is really around our life science space, and our expertise, of which my colleague Darcy um, will, will answer a number of questions on. Thanks, Jacob, for explaining the experience and expertise which you and Darcy have in this area. And I'll begin by asking about the key risk factors which you consider when you're looking to find cover for businesses in the life sciences sector. So it's, 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 a, it's a broad question because each life science uh, business is completely different. Um, so what we do to start with is, you know, we look to see what sort of stage the business is at and then ultimately where we think the exposure lies. Um, for instance, with a R&D company, um, they're obviously starting off their sort of run on funding. Um, so there's a number of things for an R&D company that could be an issue. But I think the main point, um, I think, as brokers is is sort of trying to educate the buyer. Um, it's when when you're setting up a business in life sciences, I think insurance is the last thing you're going to think of um, because, you know, you're not a specialist in insurance and the way the businesses work in life sciences, it's a million miles an hour and, you know, there's a lot of moving factors. So, again, it's usually good to start for us to be in like a, an R&D level because we can say, right, this is how we're going to evaluate your business. This is where the exposure is going to be and these are the insurances that you're going to need. Um, again, I've touched on it briefly, but intellectual property, I think, is, is so, so important. Most life science businesses are IP rich. So, again, how do you protect that? You can have, you know, directors and officers insurance, which will cover you as directors and, you know, the business as a whole. But the main selling point and you know the business is built on intellectual property so again i'll touch into it later but you know the intellectual property side is is yeah is is, is huge so if whether you're invested into a business or you know you're trying to progress as a business how do you protect the main part of a business which is the intellectual property of your business Thanks for that, Darcy. And of course, as ever, understanding your clients and their needs is clearly essential. 
From your experience, do you have any views on how life sciences businesses can work positively with the insurance sector to improve the overall underwriting and claims experience? Uh, yeah, again, that's that's a very good question. I think um, some people look at us as I know scary old brokers, but you know we're I think we view ourselves as as a partner and as as like an additional arm to your business. So we obviously want you to succeed. So best way to do that is is to be you know, transparent and you know to collaborate with each other. So by opening up and working with us, it give us a, a better understanding of of your business and ultimately your needs and you know. If there is going to be an issue and you know there's going to be sort of like a weakness is from your business, where is that? And how do we, you know, show the insurers that? And then once there's a, a strong relationship built with us and the insurers, the renewal process is going to be a lot smoother. You're going to get favorable terms and ultimately you're going to get, you know, the perfect level of cover. Because as I touched on before, every business is different. So we can't just send them a proposal form and say, here you go, Mr. Insurer, cover us. Every single one needs to be, you know, shown in in, in their own light and in, in their own way. Just, just to add to that, Emma, one of the key challenges we're finding is in the smaller life sciences group, when you're very much in R&D stage, uh, the proposal forms are sufficient. But actually, when you start to move to larger life science conglomerates, there are some challenges around how that, how the risks are presented and exposures are presented to insurers. What we're finding, particularly in the larger life science space, is uh, some insurers becoming a lot more tighter and more restrictive around the information that they are requesting. And that's limiting the availability of insurance in the Bermudan markets and European markets. And actually what insurers want is, is rich data so the more information that be, can be provided, particularly to the larger London insurers like Allianz and HDI in this space, they want to see the best possible data and um, provided by, by the insured. So I think just being an open book and being completely transparent about that, the, the rich data that can be provided will result in favourable terms for, for the clients. Thanks both. And to close by looking to the future, what issues do you see on the horizon for life sciences businesses which are likely to impact on the nature of the insurance cover which they will need to obtain? Uh, so, as I said, looking at as the keyword is, is the future, I think in quite a lot of industries, the future is, is going to be technology and AI. Um, we're starting to see more, um, you know, AI being used in, in, you know, say like the digital health sort of side. Um, so from from an insurance exposure, it's where is the claim going to lie from like a, a bodily injury point of view? If you know you're going online and you're talking to an online GP and it gives you know bad advice, where is the bodily injury sort of claim going to lie? If it's a mental health kind of view, it's it's where do you it, as as, a, as an insurer highlight where that happened? You know, it could have been from like a previous experience or again, how do you say it's from the app? So I think AI is, you know, we're still learning and, and more and more companies are using that. So it's trying to figure out where the exposure is going to lie and, you know, how do we combat that? So, yeah, I think the main one is going to be the sort of the AI uh, implementation going forward to, to businesses. Just, just to finish on that, Emma, one of the challenges that we see 
is being able to articulate the use of AI, um, the risks that are associated with that in a positive light for insurers. A lot of insurers, uh, more outside the life science space, that don't understand the application of AI and the positive impacts that can have in this sector, do see that as a stumbling block and a challenge. And I think having the right people within the life science businesses to be able to articulate that alongside the broker to insurers will result in a positive outcome from, from driving lower premiums to protecting lower claims settlements. And, and that's key going forward. Thank you, Darcy and Jacob. That's been a really interesting look at the issues which are emerging in this area. And it brings us to the end of our podcast today. Thank you for listening and thanks to Jacob and Darcy for joining us and for sharing their views and their experience on these topics. If you'd like to hear more from Simmons and Simmons in relation to issues affecting the healthcare and life sciences sector, please check out our other episodes in these series. This includes topics such as the proposed new product liability directive, clinical trials, artificial intelligence, anxiety damage and class actions. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me and my colleagues at emma.spence at simmons-simmons.com or via the contact details on our website. Thank you for listening.